recording on the evening of Tuesday, May 4th, and as always, the pod brought to you by the amazing people over at Book It Sports, over at the Book It Sports app. It is the number one social media community for sports bettors, whether you want to track your picks, you want to see other people around the world who has taken the same bets as you and conversate with them throughout the game, sweat it out, as CEO Trent likes to say. No other place to be other than the Book It Sports app. I'm out there putting up my daily NBA picks over on the Book It Sports app for tonight. I already posted Charlotte Hornets, even without Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, minus four against the Detroit Pistons. I also have the Oklahoma City Thunder at home, plus five and a half against the Sacramento Kings. You would get those picks if you followed me at Jay Pora on the Book It Sports app. Get it over at the... Apple or Android stores for whatever smartphone you may have. It is the best app to track your plays, regardless of the sport. Yes, I put my NBA picks, but if I'm feeling frisky during the NFL season, I want to put my picks there for that. I popped off for the NFL draft last week, had my picks over there. Also on the Book It Sports app, they do giveaways. They do a lot of awesome things, so go check it out. All right, we have a packed show today. It's going to start off very solemnly for me, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Also going to talk about the incredible Brooklyn-Milwaukee game that occurred on Sunday. Kind of preview the game that's going on tonight as they play for the second time in three days. Going to also talk about Russell Westbrook, who had the JP Hoops bump from the Friday episode. If you didn't listen to it, go check it out. It's the last show that was published. Talked about Russell Westbrook, how he's underappreciated with his legacy because of the lack of winning NBA championships that he's done. He still is one of the best point guards of this generation. He is bringing the Wizards on his back into the Eastern Conference playoff tournament. The Washington Wizards, definitely not a team I would want to face if Russell Westbrook is playing this way. Had another triple-double Monday night, and it included a career-high 24 says career high, 21 rebounds, only 14 points. Now five triple doubles away from passing Oscar Robertson for the most all time. But let's start the show, prefaced it a little bit. And I have to say one thing out the gate, just so it is understood. And Anyone who has listened to the podcast before knows this to be true. I am a LeBron James guy. I've supported him for as long as I can remember. He has always been my favorite athlete of all time. And other than Dwayne Wade, no basketball player has had a bigger impact on my life than LeBron James. I've considered him a hero. I've had a jersey for every team he's played on. Cleveland, Miami, Los Angeles. I have a poster of him in my house. And I am one of his biggest supporters. I will forever say... He's the greatest basketball player of all time. However, especially over the last week, but primarily over the last year now, this entire NBA season, he has gone completely overboard. 
And I know there are people out there that don't like LeBron James because of all the political jargon. I tend to stay away from that. I'm a basketball fan. I watch what the product is on the floor. I merit NBA championships. I merit what LeBron has done for the sport of basketball. So let's put all the political stuff on the side. But now he comes out after his first game since being sidelined with the ankle injury. Over a month not playing basketball, he comes in, they lose that game against the Kings, and he says how the playing tournament is awful, that someone in the league office needs to be fired because of it. But last year, LeBron said, oh, the playing tournament's great, we get to see all these teams, we get to see Portland, we get to see Memphis that we wouldn't have been able to see before. Well, now it's a different circumstance because LeBron James might be playing in the playing tournament because he missed all this time and the Lakers have slid into the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff picture. LeBron James, they play a game on Sunday. He re-aggravates the ankle and now he's not able to go last night, Monday night against Denver and he's probably going to miss the next couple of games this week against the Clippers and the Blazers. Let's keep in mind that the Lakers now are in a tough situation if they want to avoid this play-in tournament. Looking at how the seeding is right now, the Lakers had a huge win against Denver. They needed to do that. Shout out to Anthony Davis for getting it done. But they're the fifth seed in the Western Conference. And Dallas will leap them with a victory tonight against the Miami Heat team that is going to play without Jimmy Butler. And they play Portland, who's only a game behind them. Golden State's right there. Memphis is there. San Antonio's there. So LeBron already complaining about this. The first real season, he's dealt with an injury year-long outside of his first year with the Lakers. And of course, following an NBA Finals win, this isn't what you expect from L.A. and LeBron James. And this is not a weak thing with LeBron. It's not that he's just aggravated that he's injured and the team isn't doing so hot and that they might have to play in the playing tournament. No, it's not that. He's been irritated all season long. And I understand that it's been the shortest break for any NBA team all season long. The Miami Heat Los Angeles Lakers only had 70 days off before the season. And he was very verbal saying that he did not want this to happen. But you don't see Jimmy Butler complaining about this. Hell, you don't see anyone else on the Lakers really vocalizing this. And the Lakers, I keep saying, oh, they're going to finally get it together. By the time the playoffs roll around, LeBron and AD are going to be great. This team's going to be fine. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I mean, we saw what happened against the Sacramento Kings when LeBron played. And it's not like he was skimming minutes. He played over 30. And then they play again over the weekend. He re-aggravates the injury. And the team gets blown out. So now I don't really know what to expect with the Los Angeles Lakers. They lose to the Raptors on Sunday. Tough game. And yes, they squeaked by Denver last night. Primetime game. But 
you need LeBron to kind of get the chemistry together with the guys. If he's supposed to be the leader on the team, you need him to be fully bought in. He's not fully bought in this season. And I think he mailed it in before the season even started. And look, to LeBron's credit, let me be the one to mention it because it's very you know, popular to bang on LeBron James right now. There have been people banging on LeBron James for his entire career. And I've always been one to stand up for him. So I'll give this to his credit. We forget that LeBron James has played in, what is it, 10? Nine of the last 10 NBA Finals? So he is used to having the shortest rest period in between seasons. And when it's usually 140 games, this year it got cut down to 70. And you know what? He is in his the back half of his 30s right now. And he's more focused on doing other things. I feel like he thinks that there's nothing left to prove. As evident by everything else he's doing outside of basketball, political stuff, production company, whatever. But, dude, the reason... People still value you and let you speak your mind and have this platform because you're playing basketball. You're winning basketball games. Now for one of the biggest franchises in all of sports, the Los Angeles Lakers. And in your third season, year one, you played half the year. Year two, you win an NBA championship. And now this year, you're not playing the full year. You've been out for more than a month. And you come back and you're instantly complaining already. And I'm not here for it. And the reason I've loved LeBron James is because he's had to carry the weight of the league on his shoulders now for over 10 years. And he's been exceptional at doing so. And you know what? If you disagree with the political stuff, that's on you. For the most part, I think he's a spokesman for the black community. I think a lot of it should be valued. However, I do not believe in necessarily making politics center around sports or making sports center around politics. I think they're two separate things. If he wants to, you know, make a statement, fine, make a statement, but don't revolve the entire game around it and don't make it the league's problem to discuss these issues. And he's done that. And you know what? Whatever. That's what he wants to do. He feels like he's earned that right. So now when he's not playing basketball games and he's dealing with the injury, now he's barely being seen on the court and the team isn't playing well, he's still complaining about everything. He's still making it everyone watching's problems his problems. And it isn't right. That's not what this sport is supposed to be. There's already enough drama in the NBA with the actual players in the league with the way the coaches are treated, with the officiating, that we don't need to bring all of LeBron James's problems on the top of a sports center or an FS1 show. It's not fair. It's not right. And it's not what the NBA is supposed to be. So, as a LeBron fan, it's been a tough couple of days seeing what he's been saying. You know, he I still think he's the best player of all time. But at some point, when it comes to his personal agenda, I feel like it trumps the actual 
value of the NBA, and I don't think that should ever be the case with any player in this league. Especially when it's personal things. When it's, oh, my team has to play in the play-in tournament. Oh, I didn't get enough rest. Oh, I don't get enough calls. That is way different than all the political stuff. And this isn't standing up for what's right, which you could argue, at least in the political sense of things. That's why I let him get away with half of that stuff. And I will speak to his credit on it. Because that's how he feels. And, you know, as a white man, I'll never really understand fully the gripes of the African-American black community in this country. I will support whatever they have to say and try to learn, but I won't fully understand that concept. And I think that is part of the process of getting better. But when it comes to your personal life, your personal problems, what you feel needs to be done differently in the league, dude, there's over 200 players and even more coaches in this game that are dealing with the same things. The Miami Heat have the same amount of rest as you, dude. And I understand you're older than any of these guys we're talking about. But you have to persevere. Play through it. And if you're in this league, that means you still have that competitive spirit to want to win an NBA championship. And if you're not doing that, then I don't understand why you're playing. I really don't. So I'm frustrated with how LeBron James is handling this season. And it's really kind of making me reconsider my pick to come out of the West. I thought, and I said it in last week's podcast, that the Lakers could run the table if LeBron was fully healthy. Feels like he's not as invested. And, you know, I know there's still the idea that once it's playoff times, nothing else matters. Well, you know, part of what LeBron did pre-Los Angeles was zero dark 30. He didn't do it in the bubble last year. I understand he hated the bubble, and he felt it was the toughest championship he's ever won. But let's see what happens this playoff time, because <laughs> we don't really know how he's going to handle this. And they're going to start the playoffs on the road. He's not going to be the happiest about it. So it's going to be very interesting to see. By the way, I've never really talked about the uh, playing tournament at length. And I think it's because I never fully understood it in this. You know, this is the first time we've had a real regular season to kind of judge it off. So the seventh seed plays the eighth seed in a game. The winner earns the seventh seed. And the ninth seed plays the tenth seed. The loser of that game is eliminated. And then the eighth seed, and, and then the loser of the seven eight game and the winner of the nine ten game play for that final eighth seed spot. So if everything ended today. It would be Boston playing Charlotte for the seventh seed, Indiana playing Washington for the right to play in the play-in game, and then it would be the loser of Boston-Charlotte and the winner of Indiana-Washington to make that last playoff spot. In the Western Conference right now, the Lakers are avoiding it like the plague. They're a game ahead of Portland, who's the seventh seed, who would play Golden State, and then Memphis would play San Antonio. Winner of that plays the loser of Portland-Golden State. Very confusing, but we'll break it all down come playoff time now, only in a couple of weeks. So speaking of the playoffs, we saw a a little playoff preview, I would say, on Sunday afternoon, primetime, ABC, Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets, 
Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on the floor against Giannis. And that game did not disappoint. But don't worry if you didn't catch it. They are playing again today. The game closed out 117-114. The Bucks able to edge out Brooklyn in Milwaukee. Giannis was absolutely incredible. Season high, 49 points. Durant was also sick. Shot 16 of 33. And he had 42. And I'm just reestablishing a point that I made a week ago. There are teams in the Eastern Conference that will give Brooklyn a ton of trouble. And I mentioned Milwaukee as one of the two biggest teams that can. The other being Philadelphia, who now is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So looking at what Milwaukee could do to exploit Brooklyn, it's very obvious. It's just the inside of the basket. I mean, Giannis was 21 of 36. And that's just dominating the paint. That's getting inside and feasting. Chris Middleton, who is not a tall basketball player, had 11 rebounds. 11 rebounds. And they didn't even out-rebound Brooklyn because they're able to get all of these shots inside. And DeAndre Jordan, look, all the credit to him, was out there for 24 minutes. He's not stopping Giannis. Kevin Durant is the only one on the team that could size up with him and run around with him. He's not spending all that time on defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. He's not doing that. Because he has to score. He had to put up 42 points. So the game stayed close. That's why I'm not sold on Brooklyn coming out of the East. And you know what? Losing that game was huge against them. Losing the Portland last week was huge against them. Because now the Sixers are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And I was talking to my buddy who I was staying with at Syracuse last weekend, Alex Davis, shout out, friend of the program, was in the room with me as I recorded the podcast on Friday. And he brought up to me a fantastic point. When you look at Philly's remaining schedule, they're not going to lose many games. They're just not. They're off tonight, and then they play Houston on Wednesday. Then they get the Pelicans at home on Friday, which, looking at the schedule, it's probably their second hardest game. Then the Pistons at home on Saturday, back-to-back. couple days off, away at Indiana, away at Miami, and then they close out the season with two home games against the Orlando Magic. Realistically, how many games are they going to lose? If anything, maybe you slip up at home to New Orleans as they're, you know, struggling to get into the playoffs. The Pacers could be a sneaky game, but you have two games off to prepare because it's in Indiana. And then the Heat in Miami. Well, you don't lose the last two games at home to Orlando. You don't lose to the Pistons at home. And you don't lose to the Rockets under any circumstance just because they are terrible. Definitely... It's them and the Pistons are the two worst teams in basketball, and it's not even close. So, what do we think? What are the Nets going to do? They've lost two in a row now. They have another game tonight against Milwaukee Bucks. I I just don't. I I don't see it. So, then we're going to see the Nets right now. If you check at the standings, you have the Brooklyn Nets. 
will have to take on the seven seed. As of right now, it's Boston, but I mentioned the playoff situ- situation. So it'll be Boston if they're the two seed. Then you get Milwaukee, which is a bad matchup for them, as evident by last night. And I think, it, excuse me, by Sunday night. And I think it'll be evident once again tonight as they square off for a second straight time. And then if you get past them, you got to take on Philly and the MVP, Joel Embiid. A team with not a ton of chemistry, only seven games played with the trio, Kyrie, Harden, Durant. The assumption is Harden's going to be ready for the playoffs. I understand they could outscore any team in the league, but when you have dominant paint presences like Giannis and Embiid, who no one can really defend on Brooklyn, what are you going to do? I mean, that's a team that's just going to be able to score on you. And, you know, we saw Giannis block Kevin Durant in the closing minutes of that game. He's one of the only players on the planet that could do that. And I think another one of those players is Joel Embiid. And should you get to the NBA Finals against a team like the Lakers, Anthony Davis could do it. Against the Nuggets, Nicole Jokic could do it. Rudy Gobert could probably do it if the Jazz make it there. It's interesting. It just makes you think. I think there is a an idea that the Nets are 1,000% going to win the NBA Finals, and it's evident in the betting market as well. They're a heavy favorite. So I just want to challenge that theory before we get to the playoffs because I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. All right, so let's talk Russell Westbrook really quick. And I know I did a whole big thing on him on Friday's show, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. But holy God, 14 points, 24 assists, and 21 rebounds? Are you kidding me? Is, is that a joke? I mean, they scored 150 points. Now he's five triple-doubles away from hopping over Oscar Robertson for the most triple-doubles of all time. And I brought up the record in last week's show. Was it uh, now it's 132 wins compared to 44 losses when he gets a triple double? Excuse me, 132-143 now. And the Wizards, I mentioned it, sneaky, 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 looking like they are going to make some noise in at least the play-in tournament. And then they'll square up potentially against Philadelphia in that first round. Woo-hoo-hoo! I wouldn't want to see Russell Westbrook on the Terriers right now. And Bradley Beal, someone who is, you know, kind of fighting around with Steph Curry for a scoring title. Eh, Not a team I would want to see. Scott Brooks called him the second best point guard of all time over the weekend. I think that's a ridiculous claim. I think, you know, right now Steph Curry is better. And obviously you have Magic Johnson, among others. You know, the hot conversation I'm having with my buddies right now is, you know, Russell Westbrook or Allen Iverson. Same amount of MVPs, same amount of NBA Finals appearances. Russ has the triple-double records. AI kind of changed the culture of the NBA. It's a very good argument. And I think I would lean Russell Westbrook just because of the players in today's NBA. I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference in the early 2000s when the Sixers did make that finals run in 2001 the next two years the teams that made the playoffs were the brook were the now new jersey nets you know with jason kidd and vince carter and 
yeah, these are all-time names, but, I mean, Vince Carter, we saw him in today's NBA. Granted, he was a lot older, but, you know, not a ton of shooting, not a ton of athleticism. Vince Carter was the most athletic guy in the league by a lot at that time. You know, I don't know if he would be by a lot. He reminds me a lot of what Zach Levine is doing right now. And he's not a top 10, 15 player in the league. Certainly not someone to get your team to an NBA championship. So, I would lean Russell Westbrook. I think it's a great debate. I think it brings a lot of good conversation. But, I don't know. I gotta go with Russ on this one. Just because I think he's done more about... He's done more in a greater stage in the league than Allen Iverson did. And Allen Iverson is definitely more important in basketball history. But I do think that Russell Westbrook is the better player all time. And I think it's really close. It is a very, very good debate to have. As we talk about point guards making history, let's talk about one who almost definitely is going to do some historic things in his future. He's got a bright one ahead of him. It's Luka Doncic. He's also my Ope of the Week. So over the weekend, picking up his 15th technical foul. And if you don't know the rules, once you pick up your 16th in a season, you have a one-game suspension following that. When you look at Dallas's situation, half a game over Portland for the seven. They have the sixth seed, and Portland in the seventh, so they're only half a game above them. And then, obviously, you have the playoffs. So, Luka Doncic, if you watch a Mavericks team, you know that he is just addicted to fighting with the refs. The refs obviously don't, you know, favor him. They have a lot of problems with him. Whatever. He makes a lot of noise when he's on the court and he's not getting fouls. And some players in my memory bank that I remember getting a 16th person uh, technical foul during the regular season, Draymond Green, Dwight Howard, and DeMarcus Cousins. Now, these are all big men. Guys who are in the trenches fighting. Luka Doncic, not necessarily that player, yet still argues about all these calls. And I understand that he's risen to the top of the NBA hierarchy in terms of being a superstar. But you're still 21 years old, dude. You're younger than me. And you're complaining about all these calls against grown men who are bigger than you. And, you know, you might have to think maybe they just overpower you sometimes. You're not dogging on them like you used to do in Europe. So, look, he said he's not going to get that 16th technical, and he's very aware that that's what's at stake for him. But he's got to be very, very careful because Dallas is not in a position where they can afford to lose their MVP for a game. It's something to monitor. It's worthy of open the week. Because it could really come back to bite Dallas in the ass. And it's not something they can afford at this point in the season. And it's just something we need to be made aware of. They have a game against the Miami Heat tonight. And they it's one that they should win with no Jimmy Butler for Miami. And Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero won't be playing either. So it's a game they should win. A game they kind of need to win to stay out of the playing tournament. All right, let's do schedule for the week, and that'll set us up for a Friday show where we're going to do something a little fun. I'll get into that in a little bit. So, tonight, TNT, 
Brooklyn-Milwaukee. A rematch of what was one of the better games of the regular season we saw on Sunday. Following that, for the doubleheader, Toronto-LA, Kawhi Leonard against his former team. And I mentioned another great game. It's going to be Dallas-Miami. Golden State also in New Orleans. Big game for the anywhere in between the 9 to 12 seed in the Western Conference. Nine games on Wednesday. The only one on national TV is on NBA TV. That's San Antonio against Utah. San Antonio, man. Despite who's on the roster, Greg Popovich just wins games with this team. It's very, very impressive. They deserve a lot of credit. New York also in Denver for a big game. Uh, Not on national TV, but try to find a way to watch it. Shout out all the New Yorkers with MSG. Seven games on Thursday. Another TNT doubleheader. Another Brooklyn matinee game. Not matinee, but they're the early game, 7.30. They're taking on Dallas in Dallas. And then the late game, Lakers-Clippers. We already learned that LeBron James will not be playing in this game. All right. For the Friday episode, I'm going to ask my followers, the listeners of the podcast, to contribute a little bit. If you want to talk about your team, if you want your voice to be heard about your team on the podcast next week, let me know. Hit me up in my Twitter DMs. Follow at JP Hoops. Hit me up on the Book It Sports app. Just tag at JPora. Give me a little something, just a heads up that you want to be a part of the show. And then I'll get you a phone number to call. Leave a voicemail. We're going to play voicemails of fans ranting about their teams, ranting about a part of the season. Whatever you guys want to talk about. If you had a bad beat over the last week in an NBA game that you want to discuss, talk to me about it. You have a future you're not sure how it's going to do. Let me know. Hint me up on Twitter, at the Book and Sports app, wherever you want to reach me. And we will let your voice be heard at the end of the Friday podcast. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Give my comments on anything that you may be thinking about. Maybe something that I haven't talked about on the podcast. So I'll put out a tweet on it. I'll put up a post at Book and Sports. Reach me however you may choose. And we'll get your voice heard on the podcast. I appreciate y'all. That's why I'm doing it for you guys, the listeners. Thank y'all for listening. And I'll talk to you Friday. Thank you.